Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Last night, obviously, was not a good night for our campaign from a delegate point of view. We lost in the largest state up for grabs yesterday, the state of Michigan. We lost in Mississippi, Missouri, and Idaho. Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is The Daily DC. Bernie Sanders staying in the race today, but as a totally different candidate, perhaps, than he has been to date. We have an upcoming debate CNN Univision in Phoenix, Arizona, Bernie Sanders said today he will be at that debate. He wants to raise the issues that are very important to his campaign. But none of that is denying Joe Biden yet another sweeping night of victories across many states uh, on the primary calendar and securing his position, his path to the Democratic nomination. I could not be more thrilled with my guest to discuss it all today. In studio with me, I've got CNN chief political correspondent Dana Bash and CNN senior political analyst Mark Preston. Thank you both for being here. Hi. Hello. Uh, So let me just start with this piece of sound that I want you guys to hear. While our campaign has won the ideological debate, we are losing the debate over electability. I cannot tell you. How many people our campaign has spoken to who have said, and I quote, I like what your campaign stands for. I agree with what your campaign stands for. But I'm going to vote for Joe Biden because I think Joe is the best candidate to defeat Donald Trump. End of quote. We have heard that statement all over this country. I never heard Bernie Sanders like this today. I, I just I, I've never heard any candidate just sort of who's still staying in race, but admit so much defeat. I think our delegate count has uh, Joe Biden, 140 delegates ahead right now. Sanders was actually giving the count um, and he went on to actually say why he's losing, like what like th- what he's hearing from voters as to why he's losing. We were sitting on set while this happened real time going, what? I mean, this is the kind of thing that a candidate maybe says when they actually drop out or usually what they're saying in the retrospective documentary, you know, three years <laughs> afterwards, assessing what went wrong. He's doing it in real time. Um, and the fact that he he did that followed by, you know, um, his list of, of demands. And I don't mean that in a, in a negative way. I mean that in a way uh, that he meant it, which was actually a productive way, genuinely productive way uh, that Joe Biden really has to at least acknowledge in order for Bernie Sanders to help Joe Biden help him. And that is to get his movement, which is a real movement, uh, you know, to kind of come along with Bernie Sanders towards Joe Biden. It is a fundamental lesson learned from 2016. Mark, there is no doubt when Dennis has real movement, I think we sometimes 
brush over. It's actually such a rarity in American politics to have the kind of movement he has dedicated diehard supporters who show up in the tens of thousands across the country who donate again and again and again to a politician in small dollar increments, just, you know, five dollars here or 20 dollars here that they can afford. I mean, we saw it with Donald Trump, obviously, in, in 2016, but we don't see that every cycle. There's not always a candidate that has that kind of following. So to Dana's point, did Bernie Sanders today basically start sort of the terms of negotiation for uh, departure from this race? I think so. And I I believe now what I'm going to say can only come true if he, in fact, does what I believe he's going to do. OK, so let me preface by that as Dan is laughing at me. <laughs> I, th- I think the speech that we saw today from Bernie Sanders uh, was a very difficult speech for him to give because this is somebody who's been running for president since, you know, really since 2015. His presidential campaign had ne- never really turned off. But I think this was his way of offering an olive branch, you know, to say, listen, to the Biden people, I understand mathematically the path is not you know, the path is obviously clear for you and it, and it is not going to be there for me. But for all you folks who gave me $25, who gave me $5, who knocked on doors, who made telephone calls, who, you know, did online petitions, everything, who was actively involved in the process, I'm not walking away from you. And I think that that was a really key message that he needed to deliver. And the fact that he did it today, um, I think was a little surprising to us, but in some ways he might have boxed himself in. If you go back three weeks, right, three weeks ago, Bernie Sanders was the prohibitive favorite at that Mm -hmm. point. And his mantra over and over again was, even if the leader of the delegates doesn't have enough to actually cross the threshold, but at the end of the process has the most delegates, that person should, in fact, become the nominee. Well, now the shoe's on the other foot. And I do think that Bernie Sanders, if he plays his cards right, could maintain an incredible amount of power with the Biden campaign. But he's got to play his cards right. To his credit, he's not reversing that policy, that notion. Uh, In fact, you're right. He's acknowledging. Now, it was a reversal from where he was four years ago in the in the concept of the delegates. Right. But but you are right. He did lay out that sort of metric. And uh, today he seemed to indicate he understood what that metric was and how important it was and that he was not looking to. I I just didn't get a sense he was looking to upend the trajectory of the race. Not at all. Not at all. He was he, he. I know maybe this sounds a little bit naive, but I fundamentally believe he was trying to move the trajectory of the race along in a productive way because he understands better than anybody, maybe almost as much as Hillary Clinton, (laughs) the power of his supporters when they're for you, but also when they feel like – uh, you're not for them and you're not with them. And that is why um, he was very specific in uh, in saying not only does Joe Biden have to acknowledge this, but here are the issues that he has to acknowledge. Now, the problem for Joe Biden is that <clears throat> he doesn't really like, – the question is how far do you have to go? I mean if you are a diehard Bernie Sanders fan, what you want to hear Joe Biden say is, OK, fine, you know, not just – Healthcare is a human right, like he says. But yeah, okay, I'll be for Medicare for all. He's never going to say that. There's no A, because he doesn't believe it, Joe Biden. And B, because if he did say that, it would be lights out for the general election for him. 
That's at least what the Biden people think. So now Joe Biden's got a balancing act and is going to be whether he can find that balance is going to be the fundamental question for Joe Biden in the next week or so. So you you had mentioned healthcare. Uh-huh. That was certainly one of the issues he laid out. Um he talked about billionaires mm-hmm. needing to be reined in, right, and this economic disconnect. That's probably a little easier for Joe Biden uh, to join in some of that rhetoric. Um, I guess my question for you, Dana, because what he did not do, I noted this when we were on air together, but what he did not do was go after Joe Biden on the Iraq war like he's been doing for a month. He didn't go after Joe Biden on trade like he's been doing for months. He didn't go after Joe Biden on Social Security. He was not about attacking Joe Biden's record mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, he was, like you're saying, more about bringing along. And I guess my question is, in your reporting, in your sense, you say lessons learned here. Mm-hmm. Did the do we see anything from the Biden campaign yet that they're applying those lessons learned, that they're not just sort of taking the fall in line position, that they are making this a fundamental priority about doing it differently than the Clinton campaign it, did it? It's such an important question. The answer is we don't know yet. Um, just rhetorically, uh, even over the past 24, 48 hours, we have heard Joe Biden be as um, solicitous as we've heard him yet to to Bernie Sanders and words that he's using about Biden. Even when he came out uh, last night, he talked about my friend Bernie Sanders and almost talked about him as if he had just exited the race when he hadn't. And I want to thank Bernie Sanders and his supporters for their tireless energy and their passion. We share a common goal and together we'll defeat Donald Trump. We'll defeat him together. We're going to bring this nation together. That is a very different question than than doing it at a practical level. Um, you know, there are lots of differences between now and then. One of the biggest is that it's March. It's not, you know, almost the summertime. There aren't the ups and downs that the Bernie Sanders people felt, you know, the, oh, my gosh, we can do this. Oh, no, we're not going to. Um, in 2016, I mean, it, you know, since since Iowa, since, I guess, Nevada, it's been kind of, or well, I guess sort of New Hampshire, it's been um, disappointment after disappointment for the Sanders campaign, pretty much, if you look at the big picture. My point is that the Biden people are dealing with a different animal in some ways, but that is the fundamental question, and you're right to ask, how are they going to address this differently, and, and can they? Yeah, and Mark, is there really, like Dana said, Joe Biden's never going to be for Medicare for all, so is there... What does Joe Biden have to do to show Bernie Sanders and his supporters that he takes them seriously? So a couple of things. One is he's got to be very careful over the next couple of days and not say too much. Got to let Bernie Sanders have his time. Uh, I think it would uh, be helpful to Joe Biden and the Democratic Party if the Democratic Party establishment backed off mm-hmm. in telling Bernie Sanders that uh, he needs to get out of the race. I think that's only going to harden Bernie Sanders, and we all know him uh, you know, well enough to know that that's, you know, that would just inflame him. But I do think, you know, as as we head into this debate, which is probably going to be more of a debate about maybe the minutia of the of the Democratic agenda, but in a way that I don't think it's going to be contentious, but it's going to be fascinating. I mean, David, you and I were were talking about this a couple hours ago. It's going to be a fascinating event. It's going to be a historic event. I mean, I mean, just so we're clear, this is going to take place in a theater of 5,000 people where there's only going to be 
you know, people behind cameras, the candidates and the moderators. That's it. I mean, because of coronavirus. And I think if Joe Biden is is put on the spot specifically to the Medicare for all, I think that Biden's going to say he'll dance around it and say we're all for it. We're all for the concept. Look, it, I'm going to implement this plan. And Bernie, you're going to work on it. And if you can get us there, then I'm with you. And I think if he says something like that, mm-hmm. that's about as far as you can go. That's so interesting. Uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, there's going to be no audience at this debate. Uh, and that is something also that I think is so interesting about what's going on right now. Presidential campaigns don't happen in a vacuum. They happen with the backdrop of real-world events occurring. And what is happening right now with coronavirus and with a real uh, public health crisis uh, gripping the nation is having an impact on this race. There, There is little doubt about it. We in the exit polls in last night's contest, uh, only in Washington state did we ask specifically about coronavirus. But in other states, we also asked, who do you trust more to handle a major crisis? It is not even close, Democratic primary voters yesterday across all these states overwhelmingly said Joe Biden will better handle a major crisis than Bernie Sanders. It just seems to me that if if the Democrat, if the Democratic electorate has told us time and again, nothing's more important than getting rid of Donald Trump and that Donald Trump is uh, at the moment failing this leadership test uh, broadly with the American people, but obviously uh, acutely with Democrats, with the Democratic primary electorate, that this is a moment of contrast where Joe Biden uh, is almost already able to pose a general election context for these voters, and it's working to his benefit. Absolutely. Uh, And you're right. I mean, last night didn't happen in a vacuum. And it wasn't just the momentum that Joe Biden got. It wasn't just that other candidates dropped out. There's no question that what is going on in people's workplaces, their schools, their churches, things shutting down, people getting worried. What do you do? You look to see who who can lead and who uh, can give you a fundamental um, sort of guidepost on basic structures of government. And, you know, that's kind of other things in some ways are kind of a luxury. I'm not saying that health care for all is, is a luxury. But, you know, when you're looking at a fundamental question of leadership, everything else falls by the wayside. Yeah. It, Mark, it's almost as if it's a moment right now for people to envision one of these guys actually in charge and in the Oval Office. And Bernie Sanders is lo- is losing that argument to Joe Biden. Losing that argument to Joe Biden. And, and let me put this in uh, in terms of pop culture. I was listening to Howard Stern this past week. You should talk week. to me, not him. <laughs> Dan is mocking my pop culture. I, I got to be honest with you. I have no pop culture. Yes, either. I, I happen to be listening to Howard Stern this past uh, weekend, in, uh, or this past weekend, he was talking about the um, uh, about the election, and he said, "Look at he goes, Bernie's a good guy, but he was never going to get elected. Biden needs to be in there because you know what? Biden needs to show what a real president would do." Biden needs to show he was in there for eight years and he was there for Ebola. You know, he was there for all these other crises. Uh, What Joe Biden needs to do is he needs to go out and basically act as if he is the president and try to, you know, act that way, create a shadow. You you didn't say this, but 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 create almost kind of like a shadow government to show what would happen if he was in charge. So let me ask you guys uh, a final question. I'm not. Big on predictions, but I'm going to try to put you guys on the spot. Today's Wednesday. 
if we were to gather again for this podcast uh, one Wednesday from now, a debate will have happened. Four more contests would have happened in Florida, Ohio, Arizona, Illinois. Um, is Bernie Sanders still in this race next Wednesday? I think it's more likely than not that the answer is no. But even if it is yes, it won't be in a viable way. I mean, it's not in a viable way right now. Even he admitted it, but even less so. There will be other reasons for it if it's the case. Those are really good states coming up for Joe Biden. Really good. Really good states. And and, and that's why you have to wonder, uh, you know, to Dana's point, is if he gets out, does he get out Monday before voting really on Tuesday? And if he doesn't, we still expect him to at some point, but it's how it plays out. Can I just note, though, next Wednesday, we'll probably all be doing this from our homes, right? Oh because everybody will be self-quarantined. <laughs> <laughs> I will just say uh, to where we started, um, I really think the story in the Democratic nomination race for the next several weeks is going to be about how the party stitches itself together. Absolutely. Uh, th- yeah. This is going to be the most important piece of work uh, for the Biden operation to undertake uh, from now to the fall. And the fact that Bernie Sanders is the one holding the needle right now in that stitching, who who would have thunk it? Amazing. Guys. Mark Preston, Dana Bash, thank you so much for being here. Love you, David Thanks for having us. Love you guys. Special thanks to our listeners as well. Remember, we publish a new episode every weeknight, so please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, consider leaving a rating or a comment. It helps people find the show. And if you want to tweet about this podcast, please do so using the hashtag TheDailyDC. We'll see you tomorrow. So did you just stop with pop culture in like 1989? (laughs) Pretty much. It's so sad. You know the Jenners and the Kardashians are related, right? Yes, that I heard. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.